Welcome to Neoweek Audio, a collection of podcasts and Twitter spaces produced and curated by Neoweek, the number one news and community platform for the Neo Protocol and the Aurora ecosystem. At neoweek.com slash podcasts, you can find every interesting audio piece from the community in one place. We curate content on topics such as DeFi, NFTs, gaming, DAOs, community hangouts, and more. Basically, we got you covered near fam. And without further ado, let's dig in. GMGM. GM. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Blaze, uh, can you not hear music? I think there, there was music up until uh, this moment just now. Strange, I didn't hear it, but GM, everybody, GM. Well, you're able to hear us speak. That's the most important part. Uh, Kiss Cases was just here. Hopefully, he reconnects in a second. So we can start traditionally with House of Night updates. Uh, we have a lot of updates. It's a new month, February, first uh, NDC thing, first NDC update for our community in February from all three houses. So definitely will be very interesting to see uh, what's going on. I guess let's just give him a couple more minutes as well as for other people to show up. And uh, we'll get started. But yeah, guys, uh, make sure to uh, like, retweet, pin tweet, do all the right things with it so we get more eyes on the space. And uh, yeah, we'll just give him a couple more minutes and uh, we'll get started with the whole agenda. Oh, he's here. Uh, Kisses just sent you the speaker invite. Please kindly accept. Come on, Elon, don't rog us. <laughs> uh, Kiss Cases, can you hear us? Oh, hey, hey. I'm here, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So happy to have you here. And with that, we have all our three speakers together. Uh, I say we get started with... Uh, some updates traditionally from House of Merit. As always, we'll begin with a more open-ended format. So whatever you feel like are the most important updates from the past two weeks, uh, feel free to share with us now. And then we'll have some follow-up questions as well for more specific topics. Uh, I, I need some more minutes. Could we start with COA, please? Please, could you please start first? Yeah, of course. I don't think that would be a problem. Uh, Blaze, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, I saw AVB had his hand raised too, so he might be ready to go. I'm not sure. I'm happy to, though. Oh, I was waving. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Let me close uh, this telegram here, but uh, hopefully. But yeah, so COA, you know, we've been uh, meeting as usual uh, and had a good call uh, this week. Over the past couple weeks, we've had several different topics that you know, have been important to kind of talk about and address. This week was, um, you know, the voting mechanism that's been proposed by the tech work group and uh, just kind of doing a review of that. Um, we also did uh, ask Pikes Peak to help kind of do a wallet analysis on how much stake is across all wallets. And um, so we've taken that information now, given that to uh, the new tech work group and they're reviewing that. So, 
just it's all about making voting you know fair and making sure that it can't be really easily gamed as well um, so that was a key thing discussed on the coa minutes today we also did do a look at um you know and kiskesis might uh, talk about this but the hom report from january so really good report that came out from hom about you know the level of funding that was deployed in ndc over two hundred thousand dollars right went out to um, the community uh, in January, as well as several funding nodes were approved. I believe six of those and uh, a good number of projects were also approved, um, you know, through all of the grassroots DAO. So that's really great, too. So just some general feedback on, um, you know, what we were looking at on the report is it's really kind of hard to identify, um, you know, what the key deliverables or outcomes were. So I think it's just an open dialogue that we got to keep working with HOM to make sure we can get that report boiled up to kind of that executive view. So what were the key outcomes? What were the key deliverables? And then maybe even working with the grassroots DAOs to start to get um, highlights like, you know, uh, key projects or key success stories or highlighting a contributor uh, in the ecosystem. We really want to start to kind of elevate the projects and the community members that are being funded so that we can show that, you know, key initiatives are happening through NDC funding, um, you know, and and make those more tangible to Near Foundation, the rest of the community, the ecosystem, and then even to Web3. So some feedback on that report there too. And then we did an OKR review. So we've been drafting OKRs uh, for quite some time as a way to measure, um, you know, what the impact is of what NDC is doing. We really got to a much better place on those this week. So the HOA, uh, uh, COA meeting minutes will come out after this call. I'll uh, prepare those, finalize them and send them uh, on behalf of COA. But everybody did contribute to this. So we do have a lot of key OKRs that will help us kind of gauge what our success is looking like. And we'll use those OKRs as not only just a measure of success, but also as a justification to go to Near Foundation and request the 15 million Near that they committed uh, to the community treasury at the end of the last election. So, got a couple more, uh, you know, OKRs to meet there, and then we can really begin to look at getting that Near into the treasury, helping us look at the longevity of that. Um, and so those were kind of the highlights for this week. Obviously, you know, every week in NDC, there's a tremendous amount going on. A couple of key other key highlights I'll hit real quick is that we now have the NDC services legal entity online. That's kind of been wor- in work for quite some time now. As part of that, uh, we've onboarded uh, HOM, actually onboarded a KYC uh, manager that's now kind of part of that, you know, NDC services entity. So we'll be standing up a K- ecosystem-wide KYC service um, through NDC within the coming weeks here. Uh, it will primarily be used for NDC, but it can be used by anyone in the ecosystem to request KYC uh, for any kind of rewards or payments that might be going out. And so that's really exciting. And you know, it really is gonna help us protect the community more and uh, further decentralize kind of some of the things we're doing. but. I could go on for uh, a long time, but those are the key highlights.
Got it. I also pinned up the financial report. I think that's what you were referring to, right? Uh, right. With key key numbers for people to see. So 317,000 and change total NDC funding. And uh, it seems like the ratio is uh, pretty good uh, considering like how much went to the community, how much went through Congress and uh, operations team and et cetera. Because remember in the beginning when we were drafting the budget, there was a lot of conversation of this ratio, how much NDC spends on itself versus how much it will distribute to the community. And while visually these lines don't really show it uh, the right way, but I think uh, we can conclude that NDC has done a pretty good job so far. A lot of new DAOs approved, a couple of funding nodes. Very interesting. I would recommend everyone to look into this uh, graphic. So, uh, Blaze, another thing I want to ask you, you know, as uh, core being more of like a strategic body that doesn't really uh, do many specific tasks but sort of oversees the whole thing and sets the direction and so on uh, now that uh, v1 i think it has been live for uh, two months now right um, how does coa assess where the ndc is today and what are the next steps moving forward besides of course uh, getting the other 15 million in the treasury yeah, so that's something we've been talking a lot about uh, in COA is how are we going to measure impact? It's really hard to do when you're in such an early stage. We've only really deployed funding um, for, you know, uh, one full month. And that was actually in the month of January, December, I think was maybe only half a month of funding, but, um, you know, or, or very limited funding in December. So it's still relatively new. Um, normally, you're going to measure these results on a quarterly basis based on the OKRs that you set. So while we're a little bit behind on getting those out, um, you know, we'll have a good measure on that. I believe ATOM can speak to this as well, but there's an NDC dashboard kind of being developed to, and I don't want to steal uh, Glib's, uh, you know, thunder, but being developed to kind of showcase some of the activity that's taking place from the funding of NDC. And that'll be a, a growing narrative. So that'll be a key aspect to kind of, measure progress, but overall, it's just really net new, right? It's very new and it's going to take a little bit of time. We can see that decentralization is certainly happening with the number of funding nodes increasing. I think we're up to 10 or more now. So there's a lot of uh, nodes that can spin up and, and deploy funding. And that's really critical because we really want to put the power out in the community. The design of NDC is not for Congress to kind of centralize all these core functions within itself, but it's to empower the community to really grow and take on these functions and then find the path to self-sustainability. That's the end game, right? Finding, you know, those folks that are going to be able to uh, get to the point to raise capital and, and grow their community, grow their user base. And that's kind of the end game really of NDC is to de decentralize from near foundation um, to the NDC, to the ecosystem and then from there, uh, continue to, you know, build autonomy and power and really, really grow the uh, ecosystem. So last thing I'll say on this is, so the first two kind of transition pieces that are taking place from Near Foundation is number one, KYC. That was a service that Near Foundation offered to the ecosystem that's uh, now moving into NDC. You know, it's going to be a little bit bumpy as we get it online, but you'll you'll see kyc.near.org coming online soon. The second kind of, uh, you know, 
entity that's coming out and spinning out of, of NF into the NDC is going to be uh, the community support of all of the telegrams, discords, reddits, things like that. And then you'll just see a progression over time of more and more things spinning out into the ecosystem as uh, the vision for uh, Near Foundation is to spin down after five years. We're in year three now. So NDC is really that decentralization mechanism. We'll have to see, you know, if NDC will be the only um, option for that mechanism, or I'm sure other nodes will spin up as well. But that's kind of the master plan there. I see. Thank you so much for going deep into that. And uh, the last question, uh, I think, uh, would be very curious to know. You mentioned uh, the NDC services, right? And uh, how it's uh, related to operation scheme. And I know there have been some uh, drama around establishing that, whether it went through Congress or outside of Congress. Uh, but uh, I don't really know what happened, but I think it would be interesting for everyone to uh, hear from you, sort of uh, what was the process behind that and what happened, what that entity is, uh, just whatever you think is worth sharing. Yeah, so one of our overall goals, you know, at the beginning of NDC, there was a commitment made from Near Foundation, and the commitment was this as we go through this process to kind of decentralize Near Foundation and spin up this decentralized organization, we're going to protect the community. And so as we kind of launched NDC V0, we kind of started to notice some areas that we needed to improve on. For instance, you know, a lot of the services like I am human or Google or, you know, whatever the service that we might be using, Airtable, those were going on uh, personal credit cards of community members, part of the GWG. We also had this thing where we needed to sign contracts. You know, a lot of people want to sign a contract. Um, with you, Fractal wants a contract. Some of even our ecosystem providers, they want a contract and an agreement between us and them. Well, as community members, you don't want to just sign your name on the line there uh, for all these things because that's not what we're really trying to do here. We made a promise to protect the community. So NDC Services was spun up with two objectives. One is to hold the contracts for NDC. So for instance, we're going to stand up this KYC service and, you know, we need a contract with Fractal. So that legal entity will support that contract as well as many other contracts. You can imagine that, you know, we might need uh, some kind of tax or compliance or, you know, maybe we need an HR element or we, we might need something. Some partnership comes along and they want to sign a contract. So that's what NDC services is there for on one hand. On the other hand, it's to pay for all those services that we know we're going to need, like web hosting, um, we need email, right? We need video conferencing, we need, you know, we're going to need Twitter ads, we're going to need all these different elements, and and they may not accept near right now. So we need to pay in fiat. Um, and so that's the other purpose of the entity is to pay for some of those services, and then to pay any provider that doesn't accept near natively, right? Whether we need a contract audit, and they're not going to accept near but thankfully our contract auditors that are partners in near they do accept that but you know not everyone accepts near that was the purpose of that entity so the next step was to identify how this should be set up and there was a legal team hired to kind of review that and the 
the net net of it was that we, they, everyone thought that the best uh, thing the lawyers thought, not, not me or any one individual, but the legal team thought it would be best associated with the NDC trust. That way, you know, the trustees have kind of a purview over that and the, and the funding that goes out there can come from the trust because something would need to fund that. So it's aligned with the trust instrument, um, which is our community treasury. So within the community treasury, the Guernsey Trust, the trustees have actual limited power to hire providers, hire professionals, instead of going through Congress to approve all of these kind of ancillary things that need to happen, the trustees decided to go ahead and make a few certain approvals now. So there's a very limited budget that the trustees are going to approve. And then the more comprehensive budget is going to go through Congress and be approved. But, you know, we got to kind of storm these things out sometimes because it's hard to get a lot of people on the same page. So there's a lot of storming taking place. But this morning we all kind of came to agreement, figured out the best way to do it. And now we're executing on that. And I think that storm's passed. So that's good. But Flip can give you his thoughts and maybe he'll say something completely different. There we go. Yeah, exactly. I have got a different view on things. Yeah. <laughs> Love to hear that. Very interesting. Uh, but uh, just one last uh, selfish question. Uh, we touched on a very interesting topic. Uh, since uh, NDC now has an entity uh, that manages contracts and things like that, does it mean that uh, Congress members will also finally have some type of uh, contract or just like general legal uh, documents that uh, actually show that uh, they do what they do and they're part of this organization? It's a next step. So now there's a lot of complexity in trying to stand up a decentralized near foundation, right? And um, so one of the things that we're looking at next is now we've got uh, a compliance manager, KYC and compliance manager onboarded. He's actually acting as a point of contact for some of these things to help get them established. And he actually does have a signed contract with this new entity. But one of the things that we'll need to do is kind of get more of a structured legal team for the NDC. And then that would be a next step is to look at Congress and say, okay, if, if anything, what kind of legal structures do we need here? Is there the ability to provide some additional insurance to Congress members while they're in office? And so that is on the to-do list, but it's one of, you know, it's a myriad of lists of things that have to be accomplished. But yes, that definitely is on a to-do list. I would, I would say probably, you know, to get done within a reasonable amount of time here now that we have that entity established. Okay, thank you, Blake, so much for all these beautiful updates from COA. Uh, let's move to HOM. Uh, this case is up to you if you want to start uh, yeah, yeah. With, uh, with that story or if you want to uh, start with the general updates and <laughs> get to it later on. Oops, yeah, sorry, I'm a little bit still sick. But yeah, uh, so about the stories uh, in DC services. Uh, <laughs> uh, so beautiful story, right? Uh, I woke up in the morning and choose violence. Uh, no, it's a story about another thing. So I woke up in the morning and I see that uh, um, nobody asked House of Marys or COA about appointed uh, some people and paying some salary, and I was really, really shocked actually in the morning and um, 
uh, at the same time, Blaze said that we are voted for that, but I'm sure, I, I'm 100% sure that we didn't vote, and we don't have any on-chain proof about voting and appointing QC, uh, QC uh, compliance officer, um, I don't know, uh, for this position uh, in the indc service. But yeah, uh, I will just say that we have some storming things, and we have like you know common governance i would say like common governance where you have like different opinions different peoples and everybody is fighting but what like the main point of of all the of all these things the main point is that uh how to merit is the structures that are trying to save community treasury and how to merit is the the one structure that is responsible for community treasury and uh, where the money goes and for housing merit is really extremely important to understand uh, where and why uh, money were approved and uh, why people have such salaries so yeah um, because you'll be responsible for that for, for community right so yeah we are working on that and uh, I do believe that we have some production conversation as Blaze mentioned today about re reducing the initial budget it was like uh, 450k but okay, of course it was dropped but right now it's like much much lower uh, and including only uh, the uh, limited legal setup but I would say we will try to fight for some things like uh, director appointment um, I'm not sure what we can win there maybe we can win like uh, up to five to ten thousand for for community treasury, which is which is a lot from my point of view. But maybe somebody tells me like it's only five or ten k. It's not so much. But yeah. Anyway, uh, about the situation, yeah. Uh, so we are trying to be really uh, polite here and really, um, I would say. Mm, accurate because um, it's illegal illegal is really important and yeah from my point of view actually personal right not how the marriage how the marriage has like different points of view on this uh, i mean not many but yeah like we, we have three four opinions i would say that uh, uh, op uh obsolete and op operations should work on uh NTC service and everything like that so yeah we will, we will work on it for the next next uh, several days and we'll figure out something i would say <coughs> okay maybe it's not so interesting for the community right let's let's come back to what's the interesting part for the community so uh, yeah I, I just wanted to a uh, little bit uh, correct uh, blaze words that yeah uh, the community uh, received the funding for december only in the middle of january so, um, yeah, because we we had some problems with QAC, we had some problems with trustees' approvals, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. So, for December, money went only in the middle of the January. And uh, I would say uh, I do expect some uh, reports uh, already in the, in the middle of the February for the for December funding round, right? So, yeah. 
uh, it's a good good news, uh, actually awesome news, because uh, projects received uh, projects teams communities received their funding finally, and uh, we'll see some results. I would say, but of course, uh, I, I didn't expect like uh, super 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 results uh, in the in in two weeks because uh, yeah, we, we just started. I mean, it's I do agree with Stray and Blaze uh, positions that. That we need to see at least like three like quarter right we need to give a, at least quarter for for community to show something and to analyze uh, results so yeah i would say we're still waiting for all these awesome things uh, what else uh, we have started uh, the new funding process for the march already uh, for the february um, uh, DAO is still waiting for their payments but uh, we do have like some Payments like wallets, for example, right? Wallets received their payments already. It was uh, Hero Wallet and Meteor, Meteor Wallet. So congratulations to them. Waiting for Ledger support and many other awesome features that they <coughs> that they uh, proposed to deliver. Uh, it's indexers, as I know, and uh, and uh, some social media uh, interesting things, uh, mechanics, I would say gamification mechanics inside this wallet um so yeah um yeah it's it's a big uh, discussion about uh voting mechanism right we are we are we still waiting well i mean we are not waiting but uh, i know that we had uh upper ops team uh open call and uh, we just had a voting uh, another call round. Uh, we collect like our ops team collected feedback. Uh, we have provided additional feedback. So yeah, just common work. I don't know what's your opinion actually about take voted uh, take voted voting. Uh, just curious. Write the comments under this post. Uh, I think it will be interesting to read. Mm, yeah, maybe questions box. Yes, we, we got questions. Uh, so first of all, I think it would be interesting to hear from you coming back to the NBC financial report that's uh, pinned up top here. Uh, maybe you could just briefly walk us through, you know, uh, like which were the DAOs that were approved, which are the new funding nodes, sort of like how the NBC constellation looks now after uh, these uh, first rounds were of like uh, proposals and approvals and the funding have already ended. And uh, if you have any favorite DAO, you know, maybe highlight uh, some of more interesting ones. But just to give the audience, you know, a general overview of what NDC looks like now with all these new DAOs and constellations on board. Uh, I mean, I mean, not so many DAOs were approved, actually. So we have onboarded only two DAOs, as I know. It's one of them is NFT DAO. Uh, it is not in the report, of course, because we are onboarded only on, on January and the second DAO is um, uh, service uh, yeah service DAO service DAO is a DAO for um, for uh, near official channels some mod moderation I would say right so uh, and Dave uh, and uh, Dave Panda Panda team and um, I forget the, 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 uh, what is his name? 
yeah, I forget the second guy name. So like two guys uh, proposed to create a uh, service DAO to handle moderate moderate moderation of your official channels, and uh, it will be open uh, open um, hiring process. I would say for these moderators, uh, you can fill up the form and uh, you'll work or like. Uh, full time on these moderation channels, respond to the tickets, uh, engage the community, blah blah blah, something like that. So, yeah, uh, my my favorite DAOs. Um, mm, it's a good question, actually. Uh, I, I would say I would say I, I still. Uh, so to be honest, I still waiting for. So I, I'm really big fan of uh, of project supporting. Uh, DAOs, so kind of gaming DAO, right? I, I really like what gaming DAO does. Uh, I really like that they have supported uh, Near Kingdoms, for example, because I know that uh, Near Punks wasn't supported for a long time uh, from the community. They, I mean, they didn't receive any funding, and uh, I really love to see that uh, gaming DAO supports uh, such a like community project with uh, like big community. But uh, which never like which was struggling in the beer market and now was supported. Um, yeah, I I really I really want to see more DAOs like you know like gaming DAO, but in uh, other directions. Like uh, I I I saw like proposal proposal from consumer DAO for example, right? But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't. Uh, uh, it, we couldn't find a majority for this DAO, but I'm 100% sure that we need more, like, kind of startup DAO, or, uh, like, um, I don't know, uh, infra, infra DAO, infrastructure, support infrastructure projects. Uh, I don't know, um, um, DeFi DAO, but of course, DeFi is not a. Uh, it's not uh, one of the main goals of uh, um, COA, I would say. But from my point of view, I think that we, I do believe that we need such kind of DAOs to support the project. Because, for example, we just had like awesome example of uh, meme coins on the new protocol, right? And if we could have such a DAO that could support like uh, meme coins initiatives or infrastructure around DeFi or like uh, you know initial landing or marketing, I would say, uh, it, would, it could be awesome, uh, it could be awesome initiative, but uh, unfortunately I don't see such a proposals. So if you have an idea of creating such a DAO, please create a proposal and go ahead. I think uh, we are really needed in this. So yeah, I don't know. Any questions? Uh, yes, uh, for the DAOs that uh, are not part of NBC yet for new DAOs or for people who want to uh, apply now. Uh, what is the, the process? You know, if you could just give a general overview and what are the key dates uh, for them to submit their proposals? Oh, it's a little bit out of my head, uh, but yeah, okay. So uh, for new DAOs, you need to submit uh, your uh, proposal, onboarding proposal. Uh, as I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, but from 13 to 19th of each month, right? Or 
I don't know to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember the dates, but yeah, maybe you, you could find. Or if um, you could recommend a good resource for people to go to look up all this information. I mean, it's in the DC official account, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I will find and uh, I will push uh, the link. So, but yeah, as, as I remember, it's from thirteenth to nineteenth of each month, you have. Um, uh, 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 a timeline to submit your proposals as a uh, new DAO. Yeah, uh, f- uh, yeah. So, uh, so timelines. Uh, you you have timelines to so between thirteenth and nineteenth exactly. Ah, oh, I remember. Now, uh, you need to, of each month you have a time slot to submit uh, of application of a new DAO. Then. Uh, uh, then we will review and uh, evaluate it uh, in parallel. So uh, better to sub, I would say better to submit is it on thirteen than nineteen, right? To to make things faster and uh, to have more time for consoles of House of Merit and CIA and other and community to get knowledge better, right? Because already on twentieth of each month, uh, the proposal. Is creating on chain, so we are we collect we collect all proposals and house of merit each. So, what do you need to do? Uh, you need to have at least one member who will uh, sponsor your uh, proposal to post it on voting. If you don't have a, this member, your your grassroots even will not be posted on voting. So again, better to post this earlier than later. So yeah, on twentieth of each month we posted uh, the the, the Grasudas who has uh, who have um, um, sponsor. They post their proposal created on chain on House of Merit page, and then we vote from twentieth to twenty sixth of each month uh, in House of Merit. And then, if you got approved, then uh, you have uh, one day from COA to veto to create a veto on your proposal. Uh, usually, they don't create the veto, so uh, you wait one day and yeah, please create your your uh, budget uh, proposal. Let's say already for five, I mean, collect your proposals, create. Uh, uh, proposal for the budget already and yeah let's go you are you are onboarded i did share that actually here i uh, linked it in this chat it looks like it is the forum post he needs to go up the first through seventh um so that's what it says but you're right it goes through the 19th there's a couple steps there but forum post goes up first through seventh. i did link link it in here from the latest patch uh, uh, yeah, could be slim, but uh, from two to seven, it's uh, the timeline for funding round for exists grassroots It's not about onboarding new grassroots It's about like each month's funding round. Yeah, actually, I think um, you know I was a little bit confused about that myself. Uh, so this would be a good point to expand on. Uh, could you explain like the difference between these two processes, where one is like onboarding? For new DAOs, it happens on its own dates, and then there is another set of dates for recurrent funding for existing DAOs, correct? 
Yes, exactly. So we have to process because uh, because we need to understand that uh, um, like even in this uh, even in December we have received uh, thirty two proposal even in December and to be honest December wasn't like the hottest <laughs> hottest month right and in January we received much more so uh, it takes a lot of time for Congress uh, members to review all the proposals. So we split the process for recurring funding of, for the for the start of each month, and for onboarding new proposals and for like I would say projects whatever. It's like uh, we moved it to the second part of the month to to you know just to split this process to split the focus to make to give Congress members more time to uh, review each of uh, processes. Okay, thank you for that clarification. And uh, just last question before we go to AVB with Transparency Commission. I know you guys can't wait. Uh, the question is about uh, renomination memo, or rather near treasury management memo. Uh, I'm oh. going to pin it up in a second. So there seem to be uh, a number of interesting points. So if you could comment on that memo, I think it would be great. I mean, uh, Blaze created this uh, memo from uh, within that case, I guess Blaze. Yeah. yeah. Blaze, would you want to give us some information on it? But but I just to give two points here. So yeah, I have reviewed this today. I have some questions. So yeah, uh, I I would say that we need to we need to push the question with stable coins as fast as possible because we have really big problems with Grasudas at the moment, who are uh, th like the proposals of Grasudas for payments, uh, like uh, approving like in, in like f from, from four to like five, six days usually. And um, uh, the, the near price are, you know, they are, uh, they're floating and they change the price changes too often and it caused the problems on the Grasudao side when the Grasudao like received like 15% less or 15% more so we as uh, he want to avoid the situation and I do believe that uh, community treasury management is extremely important memo to approve and we need to work about with stable coins in the first place for uh for grisudos and uh to 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 to, uh, to simplify the processes and yeah make it work better uh but uh we do have like some uh things like uh yeah i do agree that staking is awesome well, staking is awesome idea and do we, we extremely need to start stake uh, the funding that we are not using now and we don't need for the next quarter I would say and I do like the idea to this uh, this work in this uh, LSD protocols like Metapool or Linear but uh, I would say some of the moments like lockups or uh, or uh, I forget another thing uh, needs to be uh, like improved. I would say so. Uh, for just, just, just as idea, I do believe that 
maybe we should just uh, take only like the, the the things that are really important right now. Like it's it's like three points. Move it and uh, vote for it, and don't don't vote for whole document. Yeah, I, I think it will it is it will be like the, the, the final way how we will handle this. But yeah, just just my thought. Thank you. Did you want to chip in on that? Yeah, just going to cover a couple key highlights. And, uh, you know, Lib covered a lot, but I'll just spin it in a different direction. So really what we're trying to do with Treasury Management is a couple things. Really improve the longevity of our funds, right? So by staking near, we'll, you know, have more near coming in so we can make sure that the community treasury stays funded. Um, so that's one key aspect. Stables has been an ongoing topic by the time you make your Proposal to the trustees, they have to take time to review it, approve it. There could be fluctuation in near price up or down. So, you know, uh, the community has been requesting stables for some time. The same way with all contributors and all Congress members, you know, right now we're receiving near primarily. Well, I'm not at the moment, but Congress is receiving near as well. And there can be a price fluctuation. So, you know, and some folks want to receive near, some folks want to receive stables. Some, um, you know, individuals say, well, hey, I want to lock up my rewards for longer. So one of the things that we've not had in the community uh, previously is lockup rewards. And what that means is, and I know Glib's saying we need to discuss it. He wants even better premiums on there. So, you know, we can we can definitely review it. But the idea is the longer you lock your near, you get more near up front. So if you're going to lock your near for four years, you get like a 45% premium, which means you would get 40% more near immediately. And then that near would be locked over four years, uh, have a, a vesting cliff, and then it would begin to unlock. We saw these lockups very typical, you know, in early, um, you know, founders that came to near, early contributors that came to near got some lockups at Genesis launch, but we really haven't seen those in the community since then. And it's really an incentive to hold near and, you know, really uh, improve the incentives of the community. So that is something critical. We want to get that in the treasury management. We also put in there some kind of um, guidance around how to, um, you know, request near, if you're going to request near and not stables from the treasury, looking at two uh, price impact points and picking whichever one's lower and then put some guidelines in there uh, for the trustees to, you know, um, return around and, and approve these within seven business days. So we're kind of getting more and we're getting more in tune with kind of operationalizing and figuring out what our issues are and starting to write memos around those issues to try to, you know, an AVB can give lots of details on these too, but we're writing a lot of memos to try to kind of fix the operational issues that we have. So there are more memos coming out, limit on Congress rules, which maybe I'll let AVB cover that one. And maybe he's aware of a few more, but we've got like three or four memos. Oh, key management. How do we manage keys between Congresses, between tech teams, between community members? So key management is pretty important. And so we've got a memo that's just drafted on that now. Um, and so there's a lot of these memos that you'll see coming out, but these are kind of like bills in a Congress where, you know, the, the Congress members deliberate over these, they comment, we keep it internal for a little bit, 
well, it's supposed to only be for seven days. And then we launch it out to the community. They come up, comment on it, and then it becomes a vote after that. So we're, we're now starting to get all these kind of governance processes in place within Congress. So, cause it's all new. It's first time. Okay. Thank you, Blaze. Uh, I wanted to ask as well about uh, the key management, but I guess we'll save it for the next space. Uh, I don't want AVB uh, to keep waiting anymore. AVB, please uh, let us know what's going on with Transparency Commission. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. If you know me, you know that waiting 45 minutes to speak is giving me unhealthy levels of anxiety. <laughs> but um, perhaps it's a good introduction because as we've reached the end of the space and we're only getting to TC, this would be a great time to promote the new Transparency Tuesday. So drawing from the feedback and a lot of the things happening in the community, we're creating a dedicated Twitter space. Um, the first one will be next Tuesday. Um, I believe it's 1 p.m. UTC. Um, I'll have to confirm. Um, I shared the I think space. it's um, uh, 3 p.m. UTC as far as I remember, but it will be announced on all socials. Yeah, I think you're correct. Um, yeah, if you go check my timeline, it's there, and it will also be shared from the NDC um, account closer to the day. But yeah, that will be a space for us to be able to dive into the Transparency Commission um, operations in general. The objectives are to do everything that we can to avoid getting to the point of an investigation. So we're going to start casting a light on all the processes and frameworks that we have in place and try to build trust into some of the resilience um, of the NDC. The first one on Tuesday, for instance, will be about managing conflicts of interest. We want everyone to understand, you know, how we're handling it, how many people have submitted reports, some of the things that we've seen. Basically, try to raise as much awareness and understanding as possible. Um, hopefully, ideally, um, the next batch of TC commissioners can be very well informed and take over from us when the when the time comes. Um, so yeah, tune in for Transparency Tuesdays for those in-depth conversations. We're going to try to have you know some content and then open up to the public. So any questions, concerns, commentary would be great. The other thing um, I think would be really good to mention is, you know, V1 only went live in December. So, you know, we only started uh, full-fledged uh, in January. And I'm happy to announce that the TC is getting into a really good rhythm. Um, you know, getting, you know, seven, I guess, six people now off the street with a not particularly well-defined scope and many balls in the air um, can get messy. But, you know, we've been uh, we've been getting a rhythm on. So one of the things that have really made a difference is the adoption of, like, project management um, tools such as ClickUp. So what that looks like now, perhaps it's oversharing, but now we're able to have many items for disclosures of conflict of interest, for every complaint that comes in, for every piece of legislation that is being discussed. Basically, we're not limited anymore to one Telegram chat, which is linear and it's extremely unfair and demanding on people, especially as we are in many different time zones in the world. Right now, we have a platform that is getting more and more rich information and that every one of us is able to go in and, you know, catch up, dump in the reasoning, their thoughts, and then we come back together uh, to agree. So, for instance, we have just added an extra meeting per week. Well, we've time blocked an extra meeting time per week and we only meet... Uh, or we only add to that agenda the items that we've all had the chance to rate, review, all the information is in ClickUp, and then it should be almost like a, you know, like a, 
uh, like a hot docket thing, you know, everyone's done their research, we come in, we agree. So the dynamics are certainly improving, uh, which is great news because we've also had an increasing number of general complaints come in. The, the general complaints uh, process, just to give you a really quick um, overview, there's a first stage, what we call a triage or a preliminary review. So at that point, we would basically assess whether the complaint has any merits, whether it is within our scope, and whether there is enough evidence or information for us to proceed with a formal investigation. So I'll give you an example, a very obvious one. If we receive a complaint that someone is fat and ugly, that is really not within our scope and nothing that we can do about it. If we get a complaint that is within our scope, but it's from an anonymous account, we can't follow up and there is no evidence and no pointers of where, where to go get the information, we may be very limited. And, you know, if we get a complaint that has a lot of information heavily documented, you know, if, if it is structured almost like in a timeline, you know, these were all the things that happened, A, B, C, D, and this is why it matters to me, A, B, C, D, and here is the evidence, A, B, C, D. So those would be more likely to proceed to an investigation and make it easier for us to investigate. At the investigation stage, we're trying to have, you know, as much as you post this, we would notify uh, the complainant, sorry, the person that the uh, complaint is about, try to have meetings, you know, get both sides of the story. So the process can be a little bit time consuming, but as I said, the exciting thing is that as we're able to handle many of these um, documents and investigations in parallel and have well-documented and well-structured uh, uh, yeah, structured for each one of them, um, it certainly feels like we're making progress. Um, we will be replying to the members of Congress that have lodged the disclosure of conflicts of interest with either a little bit more questions to clarify, maybe some comments on how to manage the conflict. I think the key takeaway for Tuesday is that especially in a small community, conflicts of interest are normal. You just have to manage them. So yeah, we'll be responding um, to Congress members. One thing that did change um, this week was we met with legal counsel from NF um, to inquire about people that may feel a little bit uneasy in regards to providing disclosures of conflict of interest, which may involve them having signed an NDA or, you know, some regulatory issues in their jurisdiction. And I can see some instances where these may apply, like say you're an early investor somewhere or you don't want your local government to know that you're doing crypto, like whatever the case may be. So the, the slight shift here is we can't force anyone to do it. We encourage everyone to do it. I believe that we should have people elected to office that are able and willing to do a disclosure of conflict of interest. We can't force anyone. Um, if the time comes when there is a complaint and an investigation is required and we have to ask for the information, we'll be engaging a third party, like a law firm or, you know, like a professional to be able to handle sensitive information and, you know, different uh, privacy reassurances apply when you engage a professional in a, uh, on a contractual capacity. So that is an interesting twist. Um, I think it's the, I guess, the law of soft power. We can't force you, but if you want to be a public servant, we would strongly encourage you to. And maybe next election, let's have that as a, as a campaign promise. Like, are you willing and able to serve as a public servant and be transparent about some of your involvements? So yeah, that, that is a, an interesting development. Um, so far, I'm actually pretty happy with the disclosures that we've been getting. Um, it being the first one, we do have some feedback to people. Um, so for instance, a an interesting one that has come up is that basically every single council of advisors uh, member, if you think about it, 
the reason why they got elected into Council of Advisors is precisely because they have a lot of experience, a lot of connections, a lot of, you know, seniority. So that would be an example of the kind of relationship where we understand that there will be some conflict and we just try to make it as easy for them to be able to serve in office while disclosing everything and, you know, proactively trying to avoid anything that may look fishy. You know, an example would be Shevchenko from Aurora. He says, hey, obviously everything from Aurora affects me. We reply, or we will reply, Alpha. Um, you know, we only really care about things where there's like direct financial gain on you or your project. Obviously somebody else deploying on Aurora. There's indirect benefit because if the network grows, everyone wins. But, you know, we're not really, um, you know, it, it's not a problematic issue. In fact, you can see how having somebody that is deep in the technology advising on that branch of the ecosystem is actually highly desirable. So we've taken a very pragmatic approach and I think that links to the next topic, which is probably one of the, can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can hear you very well. Sorry, I had my phone to my ear and something crazy started coming up. Um, yeah, so the next topic, which is probably that um, the community would be very interested in is the memos and the conversations around limiting roles for Congress members. And this is something that I guess we've all seen and noticed over time, even before the NDC, there were the grassroots DAOs and grantees from multiple DAOs and, you know, small community. What's the difference between somebody being super committed, super efficient, and somebody being really good at navigating the system and kind of drifting a little bit. So there's been a lot of calls for having a system to make sure that Everyone can participate, but also it's fair and we create opportunities for everyone. This is coming from the grassroots, like everyday people messaging us, all the way from the top, including trustees and enforcers. Uh, they've asked some questions about some seemingly, uh, yeah, conflicting relationships. So the, the memo starts with looking at limiting the roles within Congress, but we quickly realized that it actually doesn't solve the issue because someone may be able to pass the threshold of not being, you know, in multiple roles within Congress, but still having multiple roles across the larger NDC constellation. Like, for instance, could you have a role in Congress, but not have your role as operations count or your role as, you know, you name it, and the constellations will keep growing rapidly over time. So the second uh, go, well, I don't have to go through all the reasoning. Maybe we can touch on that on Tuesday, but long story short, we, the current proposal is going to come from the House of Merit. It's going to be very simple, very pragmatic, and it will refer to the TC for the detailed guidelines. House of Merit is actually very concise. I admire the person that wrote it because I struggle to say things in such few words with such clarity. Long story short, the default is a maximum of three roles across all the NDC-funded uh, sources. And for any members that may have more or if we receive any complaint and, and we have to investigate, the TC has drafted guidelines around, uh, it's very pragmatic, um, it comes to time availability of the member and uh, quality of delivery. And there's also there about like the fairness of remuneration. So I'll give you an example. Uh, three roles, but one role may be two hours a week, one may be eight hours a week, and the other one is whatever, 20 hours a week. Not a problem. Three roles, but two of them are 40 hours, or at least we're getting paid as if you are working full-time, that becomes an issue. So for the TC guidelines, we've set a very generous, if you ask me, this is up for debate, it may change 
but we've set a maximum number of 60 hours per week. And what we ask of the members is, when you do your disclosure of conflict of interest, just let us know, like, how many hours does that role demand of you? So for instance, hypothetically, I work for Metapool part-time, Claudio expects from me 15 hours, great. And I get paid X much, I don't have to disclose that. Um, and I've got whatever, a grassroots DAO commitment. Okay, how many hours does the grassroots commitment expect of you? And the total sum of those hours should not exceed 60. We know that we have some superhumans, but realistically, it's just not sustainable long-term. And this is where the questions around fairness come in. First one, if you are occupying the seat, means that somebody else isn't. And if you're not performing to the standard that you should have been, then you're holding back the entire ecosystem. So it's not just another individual that you're taking the opportunity to participate from, but you're actually kind of fucking the entire ecosystem. So that's a one leg, the raw numbers of hours and trying to apply some logic to it. The second one is the quality of performance and delivery. Once again, super pragmatic approach. You know, if you have nine roles in the ecosystem, we may actually call all nine groups and employers and ask, hey, how many hours is this person working for you? Because they've told us they work X. Are they really doing that much? And are they doing, you know, at the standard that they should? Give you an example. Somebody is a grassroots DAO council member and they're a ghost. Nobody has seen them in three months. Probably an issue. Like, you shouldn't have as many roles if you can't work as it is your number one priority. Um, and then the third one, which is perhaps the most important one because it kind of closes the puzzle. You know, these are some variables and we're happy to have conversations with people because it may be very personal. The last one is compensation. Once again, if you have nine roles and you are a truly, you know, 10x engineer, product community, whatever the case may be, there may actually be a public interest in you having 10 roles. And we may think that we're getting a fantastic deal because you'll probably burn out, but it doesn't matter because we're getting real value. The last question is, are we paying for the amount of time that we're getting back and the amount of value that we're getting back. So once again, if you want to be an elected member of Congress, we've got a wide range. Some people get upwards of 7,000, some people get zero. So it's been great that at a Congress level, we've had people be super honest and super proactive, and there are conversations around remuneration going on. The problem is that when you break it off into many roles, what you may find is that someone may be able to accumulate three, four, five, six, seven roles, and each one of those roles collects, you know, not a super huge payout, but in aggregate, what you may find is that it's not physically possible for somebody to, you know, dedicate that many hours. They're actually not that good at what they do, so it's not like they are essential to the role, and we're paying way above market rates. So those are some of the questions that we'd be looking at. The guidelines are much more complex. You know, we'd be asking um, questions I just hinted at, you know, how essential is this person? Clearly, we're not going to ask you to quit being the founder of your job. But maybe if you're a founder of your job and a public servant, like, do you really need to be like a social media manager elsewhere? Like, there are questions there around how easy it is to replace you. And so, yeah, that should be up for public discussion uh, very soon. And I hope that it will increase trust in the NDC. The, the overall stated objective is to make it flexible enough so that people can have their own thing going on and we make it possible for them, we enable them to come and serve as public servants. Let's be honest, we need more high quality people that are professionals in the role in public service, but then they can gracefully step away after their term is done. Could be six months, could be 12 months on a case by case basis. 
but we really don't want a career politicians and b like career politicians with a monopoly over everything that has ever existed and been funded on the NDC. So I think that this uh, proposal tries to strike a balance. Um, everyone sees it from their own uh, perspective or experience when they read it. So by all means, do like now would be the time to share your feedback or why you perceive something to be too onerous, too lax. You know, we can uh, we can only do so much on a first draft. But I think that's a that's a very positive uh, that's a very positive development. Uh, Rex, I know that we are on time, so maybe we'll save um, any other things for Transparency Tuesday. Do you do you have any questions just before we wrap it up? No, you actually read in my mind. Uh, I was also about to say that you covered pretty much everything. I think the only questions I could ask is about uh, ongoing investigations, which we obviously cannot discuss in public. And we have a whole hour space dedicated specifically on Tuesday with one speaker, AVB. So uh, <laughs> all the information that needs to be put out there uh, we'll have enough time to be put out there and uh, yeah, hopefully everyone joins. I think uh, you're right, this is a good point to wrap up the space. We've been here sitting for an hour now. Uh, I see Kiss Kiss already left. <laughs> can I say one last um, thing here, Wax? Uh, can I say one last thing to the members, the community that are here? Um, now's the time. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah, now's the time. I mean, the Treasury's open. You know, it's time to fund the community. HOM is ready to receive your proposals. You know, we need to make NDC fun. We need to grow our ecosystem. We need to create a vibe culture, right? Whatever your idea is, whatever you can contribute, please find two or three other people that believe in the same thing as you. Band together, create a proposal, submit it to the House of Merit, and let's let's grow this ecosystem. The power is now in the hands of the community to really show results and we're all part of the community. So I just encourage you to, you know, put your proposal forward, no matter what vertical it's in, like uh, Glib was saying, we really need to, you know, grow all verticals. So um, please let's see your ideas out there and um, looking forward to it. Yeah. And my final passing thoughts as well, just a reminder that we are in a provisionary period. You know, as Blaze mentioned, the 15 million that were offered at the end of the election have not been given. Uh, the budget that was approved by the voting body was reduced almost to a third. And we have to February 17th to prove that the processes within the houses work, that the houses can have dissent, but function, that the TC can solve disputes. So, yeah, before, you know, you go and set something on fire over the weekend, uh, yeah, please... Remember that we are testing whether this works. Um, it may not be here next month. And if it does work, we have an incredible opportunity to just fund and build like any idea or, you know, programs that would benefit the community. We really want to see new people, fresh blood, fresh ideas. At least I do. So, yeah, uh, my DMs are always opened. And, uh, yeah, have a good weekend. Yep, thank you, everyone, for coming. And uh, see you all on Tuesday and of course next uh, thing is going to be next Friday. Bye-bye guys.